0: Hello, this is Sylvia Stein. I hope you'll join us with The Daily with Syl Stein, where we'll be discussing the book by Sandra Schofield, The Scene Book, a primer for the fiction writer. We're going to continue on Wednesday's show to discuss about the basics of a scene. I'm going to start off with a scene from The Breakfast Club. I have chosen that movie, I will discuss more on Wednesday show of what character I chose and the scene I'm going to discuss and write about. I'll start it off with that and then we're going to jump into the, dip- we're going to mention the other movies that she recommends for you to work on, the exercises, and jump right back into the scene is action and what is a scene. We're going to go right into that. I hope you'll join us Wednesday on the Daily with Sil Stein on Anchor. I hope to see you then. Thank you. Well, happy Wednesday, everyone, and welcome to the Daily with Sil Stein. I am indie author Sylvia Stein and I'm so happy to be coming to you through Anchor, which I'm enjoying a lot. And uh, I am coming to you from North Carolina, which has been kind of hot and then rainy at night and then back to hot again. So I hope that all of you are having a great day. I'm enjoying my cup of coffee. It's my first one today. I got a late start today because I have children who are on vacation. You know, they're still off for the summer. So I had to kind of work through all of that. So that's another part that I'll share another day. But for today, we're continuing on. Thank you for joining us, first of all. And we're continuing on The Scene Book, a primer for the fiction writer by award-winning author Sandra Schofield. If you have not gotten this book, be sure to go out and get it because if you're a writer and you're trying to create great scenes, powerful scenes, this book will give you such insight into how to build on and create. As she mentioned, you know, you keep learning as a writer and this is one of the best books there is for creating great scenes. So today, as I promised, I'm going to work on a scene of the um movie The Breakfast Club. I'm gonna start with one of the characters which was uh, played by Judd Nelson. He played Bender or John Bender on the show. The movie which also had Molly Ringwald, Emilio Estevez, Ali Sheedy, and a bunch of other great actors. Um um Anthony Michael Hall. You know, he had a bunch of people that were very um you know influential, you know, in the cult, in the pop culture of, of this movie, and John Hughes, which, uh, you know, was a great uh, director, writer, he he made such uh, iconic movies, and The Breakfast Club was among them, among Sixteen Candles and all these other great movies he has done, Home Alone, and now, of course, The Breakfast Club, and that's the one I'm going to focus on today, uh, with, you know, try not to do so much rambling. And... I'm going to begin with a scene with John Bender, which is one of the characters in this story. As you know, these are uh, teenagers that are spending a Saturday in a high school in it in detention, and this is what I wrote for that scene. John Bender made his way into the library that early Saturday morning when he noticed someone familiar. He noticed it was her, but instead of smiling. He fought the urge to do so, and instead walked inside and decided to be his old charming self. After all, he did not want to disappoint. Well, I'm glad you d- decided to join us this morning, Mr. Bender. Okay, so here it begins, he thought to himself. Principal Vernon, well, it's nice to see how life you're boring is when you almost look like you live here. He had a qu- quite a smirk as he said that. But deep down, Bender knew he would hit a chord with Vernon. After all, everyone everyone in the high school knew what kind of troublemaker he was. He also deeply hated Vernon, who acted all high and mighty, and never had one kind word for him all the time he attended school there. Um, I think I made a mistake there. I meant to say, after all, everyone in the high school knew what kind of troublemaker bender was because if i say he was it's like i'm talking about vernon then he says he also deeply hated vernon who acted all high and mighty and never had one kind word for him all the time he attended school there ah shut your trap bender he immediately lashed out bender just smiled at him then he placed himself in the back seats while giving the rest of the kids a mean glare so what are you all looking at he said stop looking at me everyone looked at him confused they didn't understand his demeanor however his immediate attention went back to the girl in the front row with the reddish hair she seemed uptight and pristine with her attire but still he did not quite know he didn't quite know what his fascination was with her at the moment on another note he also managed to catch the girl in the back who appeared to be some sort of a recluse in the way she hid her face from everyone and that's basically the scene I worked on. It's uh, not perfect, but I wanted to kind of start off the, what uh, Sandra Schofield wanted us to do on this uh, first segment. And we'll be right back. And welcome back. So, I hope you all liked the sample I gave. This is because um, she had asked to pick a movie. And I recommended different ones. I talked about Babette's Feast. The Breakfast Club, Desert Bloom, there's Dirt, HUD, Stand By Me, Tender Mercies, You Can Count On Me, Witness. So there's different types of movies that you can use. I chose to do, um, to try to convey an action crisply. In this case, it was a, a bit of dialogue. But I kind of did it in the perspective of John Bender because he's the troublemaker, as you notice, throughout him and Vernon, it kind of escalates with everyone. And then he picks on, of course, you know, he has a fascination, it appears, with uh, Molly Ringwald's character, whom is Claire or her name is Claire he picks on her but at the end it kind of develops into something else from both of them because they come from different side of the tracks she's supposed to be this rich pristine girl who's not supposed to be around everyone and then of course there's Emilio Estevez the troubled jock who you know does something terrible to one of his uh wrestling uh companions you know on on in the team he has to go there to you know uh, because apparently that's that that was the way to get out of getting into more trouble for what he did and then of course there's the geeky uh uh role played by anthony michael hall which is something that um you know he does very well at in those roles like 16 candles you know he, he, you know, he was able to pay, play another role of the nerdy, geeky guy who gets in trouble as well. And then, well, we don't find out till later what happens to Ali Sheedy's uh, character, you know, because she plays that, you know, that girl in the back. I believe it's Allison. And she she has a, you know, a, a complex where she's kind of hiding her face. And then, of course, they have that big reveal in, you know, in the middle of the movie. So, so there's many scenes you can work through. It doesn't have to be the one I did. You can do different ones. I suggest you practice more of these at home. You know, and if you want to call in and share one of your scenes, I think there's also they mentioned all the pretty horses, a flag for sunrise, rabbit run. There's different types that you can use to create a scene. So try to work, try to work on the. Uh, on the way that uh that you are able to uh get through these uh this type of uh work by Sandra Schofield just to get you kind of uh going through scenes and trying to practice on them, so you do them the way you think you're you know you can work through them, and you know the the better you get the the, the easier it'll be and we'll be right back and welcome back to the Daily with silstein today we are going over the book or discussing the book by Sandra Schofield or award-winning author Sandra Schofield, The Scene Book, a primer for the fiction writer. Now we're continuing on. What is a scene? Scene is action, she says. Narrative is the telling of a story, events, uh, or the definition is narrative is the telling of a story, events with consequences for characters. Sandra Schofield says, scenes are those passages in narrative when we slow down and focus on an event in the story so that we are in the moment with characters in action? Or can we say that a scene is a segment of a story in detail, the opposite of summarizing? For the purpose of practice, she says, it is useful to remember that you can read a scene or think of a scene and compress or summarize it it as a way to think and talk about it easily. You would elaborate it in order to turn the summary back into the scene. Long or short, covering time compressed or stretched, scene is event, something happening is not description or information or rumination alone, although any of those things may be a part of it. and though the scene moves in on action, it is sharp or it is shaped, sorry, into an artful representation of life rather than being true to life, she says. That's why dialogue, for example, is sharper, shorter, smarter than real talk. With all its us and wells and so's, dialogue must accomplish something, must move the story. Dialogue has to be part of what is happening. I find it helpful to think of scenes as little stories. That's what she advises. Some are funny and some are sad. Some move fast and some move leisurely. Some are short and some are long. Often a story has a short passage that sets a scene. Or introduces some information in a closing way without going into real action such a passage is scenic more than it is a scene i'll discuss this she'll discuss this further as she says in chapter eight where she calls that images but essentially something must have shifted in your understanding or feelings about a story if a scene has done its work now then she goes into screenwriters. Screenwriters live and breathe by scenes, she says, of course. So in their craft books, you find much discussion of them. The screenwriter, Christopher Keene, defines the scene as an event in a screenplay that occupies time and space. Any change of setting or time marks a new scene. Screenwriter interprets this differently from a prose writer, but the cons- concept is quite useful because it reminds you to let the reader know that there is time and space. I have often read passages in manuscripts that do not let the reader know where the characters are or what time of day it is. Keane emphasizes, as do playwrights, she says, that a scene has to have a beginning, middle, and end, and that it must be sharply focused. He says that a scene sequence is connected by a single idea. That is a useful concept. That there is a single driving force through the scenes in a sequence. And that there is an idea or force connecting the sequences into the larger idea of the film or story or novel or play. And that is true. In the next segment, I'll go into the, the breakfast club. Um, and I'm going to go into the scenes and how, how it shifts and how it, it begins. So we'll be right back. Okay. Thank you for joining us on The Daily with Silstein. I apologize for my raspy voice today. I'm kind of getting allergies, so my apologies on that. Um, continuing on what they were saying about scenes, that they need to have a beginning, middle, and end. And they're the driving force in any idea where you're writing, or like in this case, she mentions, Sandra Schofield mentions, Christopher Keene, a screenwriter, and how they um, have the type of interpret differently from a prose writer but the concept is quite useful because it does remind the reader that there is time and space. I wanted to use the example of the breakfast club because as they walk in in the morning they're 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 to spend a day on Saturday detention. There's several pivotal scenes in the beginning when they get there and then, of course, they have the lunch. They go through that. Then, of course, it gets later in the day when, the, you know, they uh, Principal Vernon gets into these uh, that the records room, and then he uh, interacts with the janitor, and they used to be colleagues, and they kind of share, you know, their own stories while they're talking. Meanwhile. There's a lot of interaction going on with the kids. You know, there's the breakdowns, the breakthroughs between them, the little conflict. But the day is moving on. And then by the end of the detention, you know, they're asked to write this essay, which nobody really does, as we know. Um, they leave it up to um, Anthony Michael Hall's character, who writes out a, a essay Telling them, you know, we're too, we're not going to be writing an essay. This is what we decided to do. And each one says, you know, we are who you think we are. But this is something that we're going to stick up for. And you're just going to have to deal with it. And by the end, you know, they become friends. It looks like, you know, there's even some relationships developing. And they kind of shifted the, the way the screenwriting or the way director John Hughes made the movie. You can see the shifting of the scenes and coming, you know, have a, a beginning, a middle, and the end. And you know, learn about John Bender, his abuse, his parents, and why he is how he is. And, you know, and in the end, it looks like Molly Ringwald and him are going to hit it off, it appears. And he appears a little bit happier in, in the end, and he walks off with that iconic, you know, uh, you know, kind of look where he lifts up his arms while he walks through the the football field and kind of raises it up. And then, of course, you hear the Simple Minds uh, song, you know, Don't You Forget About Me, which is very iconic and, you know, and and all of that. And, you know, and and the crowd, you know, when you watch this movie, it never gets old. At least it's one of my favorite. And I know there's a lot of people that really have enjoyed that story. So anyway, I wanted to get uh, a glimpse of what the driving forces are in scenes and if you have one in particular that you want to share and want to call in about i i hope that you'll call in to anchor and let us know your thoughts on it and what type of scene that you want to work on whether it's your own or from a movie and and be sure to let us know so we can share it on the air and thank you and we'll be right back And welcome back to The Daily with Silstein. Now we can go on to uh, what Sandra Schofield says about um, on the, what is the scene? We'll continue on. She, she states, in a film, words are the least important element in a scene. In a play, words are probably the most important. In prose, you have the perfect opportunity to meld action and thought and images all with words. You have more flexibility than a writer in any other genre. Being able to come in close, she says. Cut across time, combine summary and scenes, stop to reflect, and so on. You call up up in the reader's mind what playwrights and filmmakers put in front of the viewer. That is what is common to all stories in all genres and media. Each part of the story is there for a purpose that serves the story as a whole. I'm convinced, she says, that having this idea in the front of your mind at all times will do more to keep you on track than anything else. I can tell you it provides a criterion for inclusion and exclusion, amplifications or compression. So, she says, how does the scene matter to the story? She basically says that there are four basic elements to do this. Every scene has an event and emotion. Every scene has a function. Every scene has a structure. And every scene has a pulse. We're going to begin with event and emotion today. And we're also going to cover every scene has a function in the narrative. Then on Wednesday, on Friday show, we'll wrap up with Every scene has a structure, a beginning, middle, and end. Every scene has a pulse. And then we'll finish up with the exercises as well. Now, let's begin, or continue, sorry. In a scene, there is event and emotion, restated as guiding principles. She says, or could we say in a scene, characters do things and feel things? Or could we say in a scene, characters act and react? So putting these different ways of saying the same thing together, we can say in a scene, characters do things, act and react that add up meaningfully. and They feel things, have emotional and intellectual responses to the action. Thus, every scene has event and emotion. So when you look at your well-written scenes, she says you can state in summary what the events and emotions are. Though reductive, this is a kind of acid test of whether the scene has clarity and focus. Even if the scene is broken up throughout a longer passage of narrative, you can state the event and emotion developed in it. For example, when I was reading the sample of The Breakfast Club, I clumsily made a mistake in what I was stating. I was talking about John Bender and his interaction with Principal Vernon, however, when I was saying everyone thought of him as a bad, you know, as a, as a troublemaker, I was talking about Bender, but I made the confusion of mistakenly writing as if Vernon was the troublemaker. Even though nobody really appreciates Vernon, Bender was perceiving that about himself because that's how, in the movie, if you watch it, how he sees everyone looking at him that way that he's nothing but trouble and that nobody cares because of the family life that he has, which is very uh it it appears it's very dysfunctional and he has a he has a, later, uh later shares some very you know disruptive information to the rest of the group as we later learn. so these are things that you have to watch out for, she says also. Getting back to what she's stating, think of action and feeling as Mutt and Jeff, hot and cold, sun and moon. The two go hand in hand. It is possible to write a scene that is all action without, standing, without stating what is going on in anyone's mind. But even then, you will be able to draw conclusions about how the characters have responded by what they do. It is not possible to write a key scene, key scene with no action though the number of words devoted to the action may be less than the words given to description or to character reflection. And we'll be right back. Okay, and welcome back to The Daily. Okay, as we left off using the book by Sandra Schofield, The Scene Book, A Primer for the Fiction Writer. Now we're going into every scene has an event and emotion. And right now we're finishing up on that section. It says, "It is not possible to write a key scene with no action, though the number of words devoted to the action may be less than the words given to description or to character reflection." She goes on to say, "Without action, you can you can have reflection, you can have what amounts to a kind of essay an essay voice commenting on the story. You can have a scenic setup, but you don't have a scene. You have a passage of a narrative or authorial commentary, one that works in a different way, we hope, and not a failed scene. Please understand that such passages are often some of the most powerful parts of a narrative, but they do not carry the action of the story, unless they brilliantly Compress scenes as part of their narrative strategy. They carry emotion and insight, and they give perspective on character time and the scope of the story. They add density. Events may be mentioned in summary, even tossed away in the telling of a grand tale, but it is in a scene that you capture the hearts and imaginations of your readers. So she wants you to remember that. Now for the next one. Every scene has a function in the narrative. There is a reason the passage is rendered in detail rather than summarized. There is a reason why it appears where it does in the sequence of events. It accomplishes something for the story. It changes something. It makes now, it makes now different from the past. So this is what she wants she asks. Does your scene serve a function? Does it introduce new plot elements? Does it reveal something about a character perhaps making the reader Feel more deeply attached to the protagonist? Does it set up a situation that will be important in a latter scene or a later scene? Do you really need the scene rather than the summary? So, basically, these are the things that I would like for you all to work on for the next set uh, for Friday's show. We're going to start off with these quick key questions on the next. Uh, on Friday's show of The Daily with Sil Stein. Before we wrap up, the next section that's coming up, or we're gonna begin on the next section, which is every scene has a structure of beginning, middle, and end, and moving on to the exercises. I want everyone to ask themselves these questions. Does it introduce new plot elements when you serve, when, does, does your scene serve a function? You have to ask, does it introduce the plot elements Does it reveal something about a character perhaps making the reader feel more deeply attached to the protagonist? Does it set up a situation that will be important in a later scene or do you really need the scene rather than a summary? And I will try to share a couple of my scenes on my own books, possibly chasing clarity or closure. I haven't decided which one. And this way we can kind of correlate them with what Sandra Schofield is saying. And if you would like to call in and share about any of the scenes that you worked on for one of the movies like I did with The Breakfast Club, please feel free to call call us so that way we can share it on the air. Again, this has been a wonderful um, The Daily with Silstein. I always enjoy being here on Anchor, being able to share these writing tips for this week, as I said. This is the scene book, a primer for the fiction writer and um, by award winning author, Sandra Schofield. This is a wonderful book to get and we're going to continue on on Friday's show with this and, and hopefully this will help you develop your scenes better. And if you have any other questions about our show, please feel free to call in and thank you once again for joining us here on the daily with Silstein. You all have a wonderful Wednesday. Oh, And I wanted to send a big shout out to my husband, Jeremy Stein. He's a wonderful husband and father, and today is his birthday. So happy birthday, babe. I hope you have a great one. He's at work, but we're supposed to go to dinner later. So um, as always, happy to be here on Anchor. Y'all have a wonderful evening or a wonderful day. Bye-bye.